The following program was first broadcast in 2014. This week, the teller in the tale goes international in our quest to discover storytellers from around the world. So, welcome, Sudha Umashankar, a storyteller and writer journalist from Chennai in India. Welcome to the show. It's a real, real pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you, Michael. I'm equally happy to be here and talking to you. Well, you're one of my first international guests, um, all the way from, from India. Um, Sudha, can you tell us just a, a little bit, take us back to the beginning of your story. Uh, where does it all begin? I was a lonely child um, in the sense uh, I had another, uh, an elder brother, an older brother who was much older than me. He was eight years older than me, and being a boy, he was, he was very outdoorsy, and he was, he was into a lot of things. And back then uh, in India, growing up uh, in India for a girl was, was not so easy. Um, it was still a very conservative uh, society, and um, girls couldn't do some of the things that boys did. So um, I was uh, a bit of a rebel as well, because I was... I was wondering why there were different rules for my brother and me. What were some why, of the, sorry, what were some of the things that, that you as a girl couldn't do? Uh, for instance, we, we couldn't talk to boys mm. and uh, we couldn't go out after, um, stay out after, um, say, about seven or eight o'clock uh, in the night. Uh, we couldn't just go off to the movies with friends, uh, you know, things like that. So you were a rebel. <laughs> I question this, <laughs> and uh, to me it seemed uh, very unfair. But then, uh, now looking back in hindsight, I realized that uh, my parents did uh, what was right and what they thought uh, was the best for me. They were being protective, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so so now I understand, uh, uh, you know, why they did what yes. they did. And, and when you were a child, were stories uh, uh, a rich part of your life? Did you have any, any role models or, or heroines from, from stories? Um, stories weren't too big a part of my life. We heard uh, a few stories, but I also read a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I, I, uh, I read more stories than I... Uh, uh, than I listened uh, to. Yes. Uh, but stories were there, and um, and back then there was no television, mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, not too many other distractions. No iPad, no computer. No. And all that. And many of us, when we, we we think of India, we think of the it's it's a land of of myths and and uh, and great epic tales. Were, were you familiar? Okay. Were you familiar with that that tradition traditional stories as a child? Yes, uh, yes, Michael, because there's no dearth of stories, and you're absolutely right. We have a fund of stories from our mythology and uh, our scriptures and uh, Puranas. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a rich uh, oral tradition as well. Um, so uh, it, was an, uh, it was a nice place to be in. Yes. Uh, 
but only I didn't realize um, the richness that there was. And, and were your, sorry, were your parents or, or grandparents storytellers? Did, were, there, were there storytellers within your family? Uh, they told stories, but very different uh, kind of stories. Um, there were, uh, I heard a lot of, listened to a lot of stories with morals, uh, stories with a message. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that was from my mother and grandmother. Yes. And what I heard from my father uh, was a lot about family history. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a very well-known surgeon. So he had a lot of tales to tell about his patients, and um, he, he was a self-made man. Mm -hmm. So he grew up the hard way, and he came up the hard way. So, um, so he told uh, me about, he shared a lot of those experiences with me. I was a curious child, and I used to uh, constantly ask questions. So mm -hmm. he shared a lot of that with me. So um, a family history was something I, uh, I, really, I, I really loved because yes. these were about real people and uh, uh, it was fascinating for me. And who, I think I tend to gravitate towards stories about, about real people. Yes. Who, who were some of the, your, your favorite characters within your family? Um, uh, my parents. Yes, uh, my, yes. Definitely. Um, my father, because he was a strong, self-made man. My mother was the perfect foil to my father. Yes. <laughs> she was, uh, she, she, uh, there was a very soft side to her, and I think she molded me in a very different uh, way. Yes, and, yes. And then there was my, uh, there were my grandmothers, um, one was very strict, and the other one used to in indulge my brother uh, more than she did me. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that rebelliousness, uh, how, did that, uh, how did that take form when you were a teenager? A diary writing, Michael. Yes. Uh, my diary was my best friend. Yes, yes. And I used to keep this diary and uh, pour out all my feelings um, uh, into my diary, and uh, you know, it was a good, it was a good way to release all uh, all that uh, you know emotion. That, that's interesting because many many storytellers I've I've spoken with um, often cite the same experience that their storytelling began with their 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 diary or their journal writing when yeah, they really. when they were teenagers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they started to really observe the world around them and and the people around them and their relationships and so on. It was also a way for me to introspect, and um, I still do it, mm -hmm. take stock of, uh, you know, uh, what I'm doing and where I'm going, and so, so the journal is very helpful. Yes, yes. To this day. <laughs> at, at what point, Sudha, did, did you become interested in, in, in stories and writing? Because I know you, you, you're a journalist. Yes. Um, and a journalist, of course, is, is fascinated. That's their trade, is to look for yes. stories. Yes. At, at what point in your life did, uh, did that career um, uh, attract you? Uh, very early, I would say, Michael. Say, um, uh, probably when I was in my uh, teens, mm -hmm. somewhere about uh, 15, 16, I, um, I had this habit of journal writing. And I was very interested in people. Mm. Uh, I always wanted to know what people did, what made them tick, and uh, what went on in their lives. So, um, so I had a natural uh, curiosity 
Um, so this combined with my uh, interest in writing, I think, um, and when I read interviews uh, with well-known people and achievers, um, I felt, well, well, I could do a story like that. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where it all started, getting, uh, writing for the college magazine and the newsletters and yes. Yes. stuff. I'm curious um, about your name, and I always like to ask people about, because every name has a story behind it. Yes. And, and you have a lovely name, Sudha, S-U-D-H-A. Yes. What's, what, what does Sudha mean? What's the story means, behind it? It means nectar. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely nectar, yes. sweet nectar. Yes. Right. And um, in India, we have this uh, habit of, uh, you know, we cast the horoscope of the child as soon as... Uh, the child is born, mm -hmm. and the astrologer would tell you birth uh, based on your birth star, uh, with what um, uh, letter or al alphabet your name should begin with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, you know the the alphabet S was one of the names that uh, that he suggested for my birth star. Oh, and fascinating! So, yes. So there's a real a real um, a sort of a, a ritual. Uh, a ceremony around around name giving. Yes, yes there is a method to, as to how it is usually done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's lovely, lovely. Can you tell us a little bit about your your early interest in storytelling? And I, this is something I know you do as well as your journalism, and your yes. and your writing. Um, can you tell me how you were introduced to storytelling? Um, actually, I was uh, uh, helping a friend out, Michael, and she was uh, looking for for a speaker to take to, uh, to one of the schools that she uh, is involved with. And uh, I looked around for a lot of people, um, uh, puppeteers and um, uh, other uh, talk show hosts and, you know, uh, I looked at a wide range of people who I, would, uh, who I thought would be of interest to the children. And um, I stumbled upon a storyteller. Mm. And um, so that was when I thought uh, if, um, you know, if a storyteller could capture the interest of, um, of children, mm. well, uh, you know, that, that is something that I would love to do. And it was, um, since I already am into public speaking, uh, I thought this was a natural extension. And even during our presentations, we always illustrate a point with a story. Yes, yes. Telling effect. It's a very effective uh, form of communication, isn't it? Yes, it is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. when you want to get a point across, uh, no better way than to, to put it into a story. Absolutely, I fully agree with you. People remember stories long after PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> absolutely, you <laughs> yeah. bet. So, so you you uh, were inspired by a by a storyteller and and uh, that storyteller's capacity to hold the attention of children. Yes. When did you take your first step um, in front of an audience as a storyteller? Uh, about three or four years ago. Yes. What happened? Uh, um, I I signed up for a for a workshop uh, with Eric Miller, who's uh, oh yes. Who's based in Chennai mm -hmm. and um, and then a whole new world uh, opened up uh, before me and uh, uh, I didn't know there was this very structured um, you know format that uh, stories were classified and uh, um, it, 
the stories were always about entertainment and stories were always about morals and uh, and things like that and suddenly i began to look at storytelling with a whole new pair of eyes lovely and, lovely <laughs> it's 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 uh, you know that's that many storytellers say that but this this whole new world opening up to them yeah. uh, and that's that's lovely i wonder right now if we could uh, invite you to share um some stories with us yes um I would like to share a very uh, Indian uh, story with you first. Wonderful. Um, uh, one that I've heard as a child. And um, it's, it's about the thirsty crow. I don't know if you've heard it. No, the thirsty crow. No, no, it sounds thirsty good. Crow. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, once upon a time, there was a crow. And it, uh, it was really, really thirsty. I guess it must have been uh, the peak of summer. Mm -hmm. uh, the rivers had dried up, um, the ponds had all dried up, there was no bird bath in sight, and um, our friend the crow was really thirsty. He wanted a drink of water. So he looked everywhere and um, to no luck, and finally he found a jug of water. But as luck would have it, the level uh, of water in that jug was really, really low. And there was no way that the crow could actually access that water. So this crow thought and thought about uh, a way to, uh, to get the water level to rise up. And then he went about gathering some pebbles. So he, he found enough pebbles and uh, uh, gathered them by the side of the jug. And then he began to drop the pebbles one by one into the jug of water. At first, it was just the sound of the pebble dropping into the water, plop, plop, and a little bit of water squirting on him, and nothing happened. And finally, when the crow had actually persisted long enough, he found that the water level had risen enough for him to be able to access the water. And then he had a few sips of water, balancing himself carefully on the uh, edge of the jug. And finally, his thirst was quenched, and he flew away happily. That's lo lovely. This thirsty crow is a clever crow. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, it uh, thought up a good strategy. Yes. Of how to... I can see... Um... That would be a, a good story to tell children because it's yes. it's very much about problem solving, isn't it? And patience. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, solving your own problems. That's yes. that, that's that's good. That's wonderful. It's a, it's a very resourceful crow, and yes. uh, like you said, a very clever crow. What what sort of response um, have you have you told that story to children before? Uh, this is a very, very uh, common story. This was yes. a very common story when we were when you were growing up. Growing up. Okay. So uh, uh, I haven't really tried this. I should because I've been trying a lot of other stories. Yes, and so that's a traditional uh, a traditional tale. Uh, yes. Are these the kinds of stories that you're drawn to? Yes. Um, uh, yes and no because I'm now looking at a wide, wide uh, uh, range of uh, stories, from uh, personal stories to spiritual stories to. Uh, to stories that could be used in management uh, situations. So um, oh, when, when telling to children, yes, 
these would be uh, kind of stories I would de definitely draw from. Yes. And, and would you also draw from your, your own personal life, your own childhood, for example? I would, uh, yes. Michael, definitely, yes. Yes, yes. Especially since, I fe uh, since, as I told you, I like stories about real people. Yes. And um, it... it Hence, that, you're a journalist, and so yes. you are in the world of real people. <laughs> yes. Um, what, 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 um, what's entailed in your, in your journalism work? Are, are, are you primarily looking for human interest stories, or are you sent out to cover all kinds of, of stories, regardless of, uh, of the type? Um, I, I do a wide range, again, uh, with my journalism, uh, from uh, medical stories to uh, features, uh, human interest, um, personality profiles. So, so the range is, again, uh, fairly broad. And um, so, so I have enough uh, freedom there. Mm -hmm. But uh, people interest me a great deal, and now I've also turned to... Um, to spirituality, and I draw a lot uh, from from that. So there are enough stories there. Could could uh, we could we ask you to share another one then? Yes, um, this is um, something I used when I uh, wrote and talked about equanimity, and um, uh, I could share two little stories with you. Please do. Wonderful. Yes, one is a story about a farmer. So um, once upon a time, there was this farmer, and his uh, one prized possession was a horse that he had. And the horse was of great help to the farmer because he, it helped him plowing the field and transporting material, and it did a lot of hard work um, around the fields with the farmer. And one day, unfortunately, the horse ran away. The people of the village lost no time in um, uh, coming to the farmer and commiserating with him. And they, um, they felt uh, so sorry for him. They rued his plight and said, now you're really going to be handicapped with the horse uh, gone. But the farmer was absolutely stoic. He was unmoved. He said, yes, my horse has gone away, but I don't know if, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. All I know for a fact is that the horse has gone away. A week later, the horse returns in tow with more stallions and mares. So there were now seven horses in his stable. And again, the villagers landed up at his doorstep and said, you are one lucky man. You had one horse to start with, and now you have seven. So your work is going to be much lighter, and you're really lucky. The farmer was again unmoved. He said, I do know that I have seven horses in my stable at the moment, but I do not know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. A few days later, the farmer's son was trying to rein in one of the horses. And it just ran wild, and the, and the son got thrown off the horse and he was badly injured and left him incapacitated for quite some time. Again, the villagers landed up at the farmer's doorstep and said, now this is really the ultimate blow. Your son has been severely injured and we don't know how long it's going to take him. 
to to get back on his feet and we are really very sorry and the farmer said he was his usual unflappable self and he said yes i do know that the, my son is injured but i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing a few days later several young men were conscripted to the army the farmer's son wasn't because he was injured and out of action and so the story goes on so the point here is that whatever life handed him yes he was absolutely unmoved he refused to uh, speculate whether this is a good thing or a bad thing he just took it in his stride yeah and as things panned out you know it's a very interesting uh, yes yes It's, when you look at the big picture it, it that's right it reflects a a whole attitude to life yes um and there's a there, it's a it's, it's sort of an example of a of a a spiritual story really i'm i'm sort of feeling that um yes. uh, about non-attachment and and yes. non-attachment to the outcome of things um, and just standing back and watching life as it unfolds yes. and not So uh that that's a wonderful story. I'll remember that story. That's uh yeah, that that uh that that touches me in a very real way. You said you had two stories. Do you have another one? Yes. Yeah, good. Good. Yes. This is the great. The other one Yes. The other one is a story that we could use in management um uh situations. It's called the cockroach theory of self-development. And uh the, it's the about co- the cockroach theory of self-development. Oh, yes. lovely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So uh the scene where the story happens is a high-end uh, restaurant and um uh, uh and suddenly a cockroach becomes airborne. Now you might wonder uh what business a cockroach has to, has to be you know doing in a high-end restaurant well that's a different story. <laughs> but this <laughs> but this cockroach just took off and landed on uh the very expensive outfit of one of the lady guests now like all women she shrieked shrieked and screamed in horror and she um, there was absolute chaos uh, in the restaurant finally she sort of gathered her wits around her and she managed to flick the cockroach off her dress and guess what happened it landed on the dress of another lady guest and there was you know more drama more shrieking and screaming and frenzy all around whereupon the waiter arrived on the scene and he was very calm and uh, composed and um, the cockroach in uh, eventually landed on him so he just let the cockroach crawl all over him uh, for a while and then walked towards the nearest uh, window and gathered the cockroach in the palm of his hand and just let the cockroach out in the open now it was the same cockroach that landed on all of these three people but the way they reacted was very very different very so different. it's not about <laughs> what you know happens to us it's about the way we we react yes yes that's that's, that's lovely and i could see that story being used in in uh, well certainly in in educational settings uh would be a yes. good one with 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 teenagers with children but in yes. the world of business yes 
Um, it's it's uh, it's all how we react to to situations. Yes. 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 yes very much so. Several times you, you've mentioned your interest in, in business, in high flyers and, and leaders and so on. Is, yes. this, is this an area that you're interested in taking your storytelling to? Uh, yes, uh, Michael, very much. Yeah. Especially to, to, the, uh, to the younger people who are uh, getting into business and uh, uh, who need a lot of, uh, who are interested in a lot of these uh, inspirational stories and leadership stories. Uh, that is definitely one segment that I am looking at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, of course, I, I also like to talk to women um, uh, about other inspiring women role models. That's something very close to my heart because uh, we have... Um, uh, in India, we still have a large uh, population of women who, who are not yet out there. They still living uh you know uh, in 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 a in a previous century yes. there are shackles that bind they don't have the freedom that some of us more educated women have so uh, it it helps them when they listen to these uh, stories about women who made it uh, who who defied who broke the glass ceiling who defied these norms and conventions and they're inspiring uh, so stories yes Yes. And of yes. course, stories invite other stories. So I know that when people hear stories, yes. they begin to share their own yes. stories. Yes. And, and I can only imagine, I mean, like anywhere, these women need to, need to share their stories and the world needs to hear their stories. Yes. Yeah. I was very inspired by the story of Malala, the Pakistani girl who's oh, been fighting. yes, of course, yes. And she's been here in the UK and, and yes. in North America as well. Yes. Very inspiring woman. Yes. Young woman. Yes. yes. Yes, it's it's that's a, actually a real living example, isn't it, of of, uh, yes. of a young woman's story, and her her courage, and her not only her courage in 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 the face of of, of danger, but her courage to go on to to overcome yes. her injuries, and then yes. to to go on and share her story around the world. Yes, and uh, it's a, a great inspiration. You're right. Yeah, story of grit and. Uh uh, amazing. She is. She never ceases to amaze me. Mm. Sudha, there will be many people listening to us um, who storytelling, like it was for you a number of years ago, it was a new world. It's it's something mm. new. What would you say to people that are anyone who's who's interested um, in maybe stepping into that world? Why why should they? I think there's a whole world there waiting to be discovered, uh, Michael, and storytelling has so many uh, dimensions, so many uses uh, in every situation like we uh, talked about earlier. Uh, there's nothing like a story to get your point across. Mm -hmm. um, even if you... Um, there are healing stories um, that we could use with uh, children. Uh, so for every situation, there is a story that we can uh, use with great effect. And um, I would advise um, storytellers not to worry too, mu too much about uh, styles or uh, ways of telling, but to do what comes naturally. Uh, because I went through that myself. And um, suddenly, when you're exposed to a lot of storytellers with, a lo uh, with very varying and very different styles, you struggle for a bit, and then you find your uh, 
uh, your ground. You find uh, uh, what comes naturally to you. Yes, and you find your your voice. Yes, and your yes. own style. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes, I can yes. see. I, I I can see that, and I I hear that in your in your voice as well, because you're you're a very natural storyteller, as if it as if you've been doing it all your life. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Is there anything? What's coming up for you? Uh, what are you looking forward to in in your storytelling? Uh, I'm looking at uh, ways of taking it to more people. Yes. Um, I'm looking at finding. Uh, a very secure niche for myself. Yes, yes. Um, somewhere, I, I know that's being very idealistic because, um, uh, you know, that doesn't always happen and it's good to have the ground shifting under your feet. Well, I, I love idealism here at the here at the, the Teller and the Tale. So that's what we're all about. Um, I think we can we can use a little more idealism in the world. So uh, I, I want to thank you very very much for joining us and and sharing your your ideals and your love and your passion for stories. And uh, it's it's just uh, it's been wonderful, and I'm so glad that we've connected. And uh, I hope that you'll uh, you'll come back and and join us again in the future. Thank you very much, Michael. I loved being on the show with you. Okay. And uh, as I say, we will be in touch. And uh, yes, I hope good. our listeners will have, a, have an opportunity to, uh, to hear you and learn a little bit more about your work and a little bit more about India as well and storytelling there. Yes. Thank you very much, Sudha. My pleasure, Michael. Bye-bye for now. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about storytelling... Why not subscribe to my blog? Go to michaelwilliamsstoryteller.blogspot.com Until next time, this is Michael Williams. I look forward to meeting you again right here on The Teller and the Tale.